What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the all-new Disney Plus Informer podcast, your source for all the latest news, rumors, reviews, and more about Disney Plus and beyond. This is episode 22 for the week of July 3rd, 2022. I am your host, Justin Eddy, alongside my co-host, Michelle Beck. Hello. Be sure to follow along each and every week as we keep you updated with all the information you need as we cover Disney Plus, Hulu, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, and so much more. Good to be back. We missed last week because I was sick with COVID, so I'm feeling better. Michelle ha- isn't showing any uh, bad symptoms yet, so we're gonna give this what a do you shot. Mean yet, <laughs> <laughs> and we're just gonna we're just gonna do it and see what happens. But uh, sorry, we missed last week. If you were, I think the last episode I said we'd be back in two weeks, and it's three. So you lied. I, I'm a big fat liar. Let's go ahead and get started. Kevin Fahey has confirmed that Marvel Studios is heading to San Diego Comic-Con later this month. The trailer has been released for uh, Hocus Pocus 2, and two guest stars have been announced for Season 3 of High School Musical, The Musical, The Series, and Disney has released the trailer for that as well. We're going to discuss these stories, let you know what's new on Disney Plus this week, uh, and then bring you our top 10 posts for the week in our 10 and 10 News Blast segment, where we fill you in on all the Disney Plus happenings in about 10 minutes. All this and more is coming at you next. Okay, welcome everyone. Uh, so let's kick things off with what's new on Disney Plus this week. Uh, highlights include the premiere of the Baymax series. Episode 4 of the Disney Plus original series Miss Marvel is also streaming. The Princess starring Joey King in the first two episodes of season 2 of Only Murders in the Building are now streaming on Hulu in the U.S. and on Disney Plus globally. Uh, episode 5 of the Orville New Horizons is also now streaming on Hulu and on Disney Plus in the U.K. and Canada. And on Disney Plus in the U.K. and Canada, Season 3 of Atlanta is now streaming. Uh, and then later in this episode, uh, we're actually going to talk about the uh, first two episodes of uh, Only Murders in the Building and then uh, Miss Marvel and a couple of the other things we've been watching this week. So... Up first, uh, I know people were wondering if they were going to have a presence there because it is so close to the D23 Expo, and a lot of announcements are expected to be made there as well. Um, But yeah, Kevin Fahey just recently said that Marvel is heading to San Diego Comic-Con. So it's actually been three years since they were there. Some of the things that we might hear about, uh, we might get an, an official announcement about that Werewolf by Night project. Possibly we know that they're working on a new Daredevil series, but nothing officially has been announced about that or the Thunderbolts. So you might hear about that. Fahey has also kind of teased that we're going to hear more about the next MCU Phase 5 coming up. Mm-hmm. So you might hear something about that. But uh, yeah, Comic-Con will take place July 21st through 24th. The announcement of the next season of of Daredevil is my most wanted, uh, most wanted thing to hear in all of the Disney Marvel universe right now because I love Daredevil. Uh, up next, the trailer has been released for Hocus Pocus Two, uh, which is going to premiere on Disney Plus on September thirtieth. I have not seen it yet, Michelle. Tell me about it. What did you think? Yeah. So we get our first look at uh, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy returning as the Sanderson sisters. I thought it was really good. I think it really reminded me of the original Hocus Pocus, which I kind of said before. I've never 
watch from beginning to end. Like I've seen so many bits and pieces of it over You've pieced it together time. I've kind of pieced it over. So I have seen the whole movie, but I never watched it from beginning to end. So I, I, I will do that before this comes out. But I think that fans of the original one are going to like this. I will watch the trailer after we're done with this. It took me 30 years to watch the first Hocus Pocus, so I actually did like it when I when I watched it. I thought it was uh, it was better than I expected. And now it's like a classic. Yeah, it's one of those cult class mm-hmm. cult classics they call it. Um, anyway, it's cool that they they've got them all back together to uh, to do another one. So uh, finally, uh, the two guest stars are the. There have been two guest stars that have been announced for season three of High School Musical, the musical, the series. And then Disney also released the trailer for that as well. So who are the guest stars for this? Okay, so Tony Award winning actor Jesse Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family and Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People, Jojo Siwa, have been cast in guest star roles. So uh, this season will feature music from Frozen, Camp Rock, and the High School Musical franchises. Uh, this comes out on July 27th, and the new episodes will release Wednesday after, and there are a total of eight episodes. And you remember that they already renewed this for a fourth season as well. But pretty, we, pretty big hit for, yeah, for so And we've got you know the trailer and the teaser trailer for Hocus Pocus up at the website, so definitely check that out. Very good. Uh, and as a reminder, you can find links to uh, all of these articles so that these news stories are derived from on the website, which is DisneyPlusInformer.com. Uh, let's just go ahead and get right into the News Blast segment. Michelle, go first. Okay, so earlier this month, National Geographic announced that we'll celebrate the 10th anniversary of Sharkfest with the biggest programming lineup ever and expand to more Disney-branded plant forms. So... Um, they just announced the first wave of Shark Fest content for Disney Plus in the United States. It includes 11 shows. They will be coming out on Sunday, July 10th. Um, I will just read the titles and not what they're about, but uh, World's Biggest I bet they're about head. sharks. That's a pretty good guess. Um, Jaws versus Boats. I'm smart. Shark Side of the Moon. Sharks That Eat Everything. Camel sharks, I do have a theme here. Shark queens, baby sharks. Baby when sharks, shark, dark, dark, dark. When sharks attack, and there's six episodes of that. Sky sharks, Maui shark mystery, and counting jaws. So if you want to see descriptions of any of those shows, uh, we do have an article up at DisneyPlusInformer.com. Anything about Sharknado? Is that still a thing? Oh, <laughs> how many movies did they do? Like six of them? I'm pretty sure they have like something? 75 of them. Um <laughs> Is Shark Fest the same as Shark Week, or is that like no, something entirely different? Entirely, I think Shark isn't Shark Week Discovery. Yeah, I think so. That's what was. That's what the Step Brothers like. Shark oh yeah. Week. What are you doing? It's Shark Week. I love that movie. I gotta go. I gotta go watch Step Brothers now. After this, uh, the upcoming Disney Plus original series Percy Jackson and the Olympians is uh, currently filming in Vancouver. And according to The Hollywood Reporter, this will be the first project to be made on Industrial Light and Magic's newly built Stagecraft LED stage, which features a 95-foot LED screen. The story of Percy Jackson has such an epic scope, said uh, 
Reardon? Is that who is the... Uh, Reardon. Reardon, uh, who serves as the executive producer Reardon. of this uh, fantastical story of a 12-year-old modern demigod who will be played by Walker Scoble. I am over the moon that we have forged such a great relationship with Industrial Light and Magic to give this show a cutting-edge look and feel. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter also reports that this is Industrial Light and Magic's fifth permanent stagecraft volume. Uh, ILM, a division of Disney's Lucasfilm, also maintains two virtual production stages in Manhattan Beach, California, one at the Walt Disney Studios in Burbank, California, and one at Pinewood Studios in London. Uh, Other productions that have used the L.A.-based stagecraft systems are the Disney Plus original series of The Mandalorian and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, The Pinewood stage was used for filming Marvel Studios' upcoming Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Uh, And they also built a temporary stagecraft volume in Sydney for Marvel's Thor Love and Thunder, which arrives in theaters uh, actually like next Next week. week. Uh, With Industrial Light and Magic stagecraft technology, we allow filmmakers to design, light, and shoot the digital world as they would in the practical world, all integrated in front of the cast and crew on stage, said Chris Bannister, executive producer of ILM Stagecraft. That's pretty cool. I, I, it works so well for those Star Wars series. I mean, the, so. really, the possibilities are endless using something like that and what they can I, do. It's... I, I imagine it makes it way more efficient for them as mm-hmm. filmmakers or you know, television series makers to, to be able to, to do that. It just probably allows them to really pump that stuff out. So FX Networks has released the teaser trailer for installment two of FX's American Horror Stories, which will premiere on Hulu in the United States on Thursday, July 21st. Installment two will also be coming soon to Disney Plus internationally. However, release date for other regions has not been announced yet. Uh, We have the teaser trailer up and you can watch it. American Horror Stories is a spinoff of Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk's award-winning hit anthology series, American Horror Story. American Horror Stories is a weekly anthology series that will feature a different horror story each episode. Um, Since 2011, the creators of HS have redefined the horror genre with various installments featuring a creepy asylum, a coven of witches, a traveling freak show, a haunted hotel, and the apocalypse itself. I watched the teaser trailer. This takes creepy to a whole new level. <laughs> I, I don't I, like it. I can't watch. <laughs> it was. It, I don't know. This. Uh, this might be out of my comfort zone. Uh, Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness began streaming on Disney Plus on June twenty second, and in the first five days of its release on the streaming service, the film managed to break a viewership record for the Marvel Cinematic Universe on Disney Plus. According to Samba TV, Doctor Strange uh, pulled in 2.1 million U.S. households in its first five days of streaming. For comparison, Samba TV reported that Marvel films Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings pulled in around 1.7 million viewers last November, and Eternals pulled in uh, 2 million back in January. Samba TV only measures viewership of at least five minutes in smart TV terrestrial TVs with a panel size of 3 million U.S. households. Even though the numbers don't tell the entire story of a show's total number of viewers, including mobile and online, Samba TV is one of the few metrics firms out there monitoring streaming viewership. So, there you go. Disney has released three new episodes of Marvel Studios Legends featuring Chris Hemsworth 
Thor, Natalie Portman's Jane Foster, and Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie before Thor Love and Thunder hits U.S. theaters on July 8th. Uh, so you can find this on Disney Plus under Marvel Studios Legends. These will be episodes 18 through 20. If you're not familiar with Legends, they kind of, uh, right before a new um, a movie comes out, they'll break down heroes and villains and uh, talk about each of these characters. So this was a, a surprise edition. They didn't announce this in advance. Cool. Uh, during a recent Howard Stern show on Sirius XM, Stern's mic was accidentally left on and a conversation could be heard over the commercial break. During the conversation, uh, Howard talked about his summer plans with co-host Robin Quivers, in which he can be heard saying... I'm going to do Dr. Doom. Twitter user Washed Up Tweeter at Washed Up Tweeter posted some audio of the potential leak, which you can listen to on our website. During the conversation, you can also hear Robert Downey Jr. and John Favreau's names dropped. It's unclear what the Dr. Doom project is and if it's voiceover work or perhaps a role in an upcoming film or series. Uh, nothing has officially been announced by Marvel or Disney about a Dr. Doom project, but, uh, I think that was uh, that episode was the last episode before Howard did they take like a summer break or something. So uh, mm -hmm. he might have time to do it. Very interesting. The season one finale of the Disney Plus original series Obi-Wan Kenobi released on Disney Plus on June 22nd. And the finale episode managed to draw in 1.8 million U.S. households in the first five days of its release on the streaming service. That number is 20% higher than the Wednesday through Sunday five-day viewership for the Book of Boba Fett finale, which pulled in 1.5 U.S. households. The Mandalorian Season 2 finale drew in uh, 1.1 million households. Hmm. So that's kind of, that came from Saba TV, which you just talked about too, but that's kind of interesting. Which one did you like more, Obi-Wan Kenobi or Boba Fett? I actually like Boba more. Um, I... I hate to say that, but I did. I liked in Obi-Wan, I think like at its best I liked it, but Book of Boba Fett I liked overall more, maybe if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, the Walt Disney Company Board of Directors uh, unanimous, unanimously voted to extend Bob Chapek's contract as chief executive officer for three years. Disney was dealt a tough hand by the pandemic, yet with Bob at the helm, our businesses from parks to streaming not only weathered the storm, but emerged in a position of strength, said Susan Arnold, chairman of the board. In this important time of growth and transformation, the board is committed to keeping Disney on the successful path it is on today, and Bob's leadership is key to achieving that goal. Bob is the right leader at the right time for the Walt Disney Company, and the board has full confidence in him and his leadership team. Leading Disney or leading this great company is the honor of a lifetime, and I am grateful to the board for their support," said Chapik. Uh, "I started at Disney almost 30 years ago, and today have the privilege of leading one of the world's greatest, most dynamic companies, bringing joy to millions around the world. I am thrilled to work alongside the incredible storytellers, employees, and cast members who make magic every day." Prior to becoming CEO, he served as chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Products. From the segment's inception in 2018, after serving as chairman of Disney Parks and Resorts since 2015, uh, he also led Disney Consumer Products and served as president of distribution for the Walt Disney Studios, as well as president of the Walt Disney Studios Home Entertainment. Uh, he's also had a little bit of 
I guess uh, there was a little bit of uh, issues, and he was in the news a lot uh, in the past months. I guess I don't really care about that, but there you go. He's there for three more years at least. 20th Century Studios murder mystery adventure, The Bob's Burgers Movie, will be available on digital July 12th and on Blu-ray and DVD on July 19th. Uh, We previously announced that the movie will be coming to Disney Plus under the star banner in Canada on July 12th, as well as Hulu and HBO Max in the United States. The film will also release on Disney Plus under the star banner in the United Kingdom, Ireland, Europe, except for Poland, the Middle East, and Africa on Wednesday, July 13th. And then the movie will also release on Star Plus in Latin America on Wednesday, July 20th. Finally, FX has renewed The Old Man for a second season. So if you've been on the fence on whether or not to start uh, watching that because you don't want to start watching a show that uh, you know gets canceled after one season, here you go. It's going to be back for at least a second season. This series is currently airing on the FX network on Thursdays and streams the next day on Hulu. Uh, it will be coming to Disney Plus in Australia and New Zealand on July 13th. The show will also be coming to Disney Plus under the Star Banner in the UK and other countries and Star Plus in Latin America. However, they don't have a release date for those regions yet. Uh, it's based on the best-selling novel of the same name by Thomas Perry. Uh, the Old Man centers on Dan Chase, played by Jeff Bridges, who absconded from the CIA decades decades ago and has been living off the grid since when an assassin arrives and tries to take Chase out the old operative learns that to ensure his future, he must reconcile his past. We've been watching this uh, show, and this is a uh, perfect segue into review time for us uh, this week. We usually try to do a little bit more detailed, uh, in-depth reviews, but because we didn't have an episode for the past few weeks and... I think I, I've still been trying to overcome the brain fog uh, that that befelled me from COVID, um, and I just have not been able to. Uh, it's hard to pay attention to things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it, I, I just recovering from that. I've just been in a funk a little bit lately, so I don't have a whole lot to say about everything that we, I've been watching. But we're going to try to give you a quick review of. What we have been watching, um, which includes the old man, we've got the we've watched the first three episodes of that. We also have uh, the first two episodes of Only Murders in the Building that we watched uh, this last week. Episode four of uh, Miss Marvel, and then we also checked out the new uh, Disney Plus movie Rise, which mm-hmm. uh, Michelle, you also did a uh, interview with the composer yeah. for that. Uh, very cool. Yeah. Um, so. If you haven't seen any of these and you don't want any kind of spoilers, uh, we'll see you next time. But uh, let's start off then with uh, The Old Man. Okay. Uh, th- we've watched the first three episodes. Mm-hmm. You actually watched it when you were sick. And I then did. you... I told you... You were like, I, I think, think you like, like this. Give, give it a shot. We it, watched a show. Um, what, was that, what was that Condor show on? What Was that Epix? I think so. And I, I think it. It's first season. I think might have been on like a different network that's no longer around. But like AT and T or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then it moved it, to. But yeah, then it moved to another channel. So that it, it reminded me. Of, it if does have similar that, elements of Condor and um. And it's got, got like a little bit of like Homeland type vibes. Yeah. Um, just you know, counterintelligence, CIA. It, it's not like anything uh, potential, like you know, groundbreaking, like. 
kind of uh, setting for a, a show, but it works very well for a lot of different types of shows because, uh, you know, it's a good setting for a thriller type mystery uh, series. So I guess give a little so, synopsis or talk well, a little bit about that. Well, you kind of did that earlier, but I'm just going to go and say Jeff Bridges plays Dan Chase, who is uh, the former CIA agent that's on the run and kind of off the grid now. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Lithgow plays Harold Harper, who was uh, or is the FBI's assistant director for counterintelligence. Um, we know that uh, Dan Chase and him have a complicated past together. And as these uh, episodes are coming out, we're finding a little bit more in each episode about what the relationship was. Yeah. So this series, um, this series kind of, it, it jumps back and forth between uh, kind of present day, old man Jeff Bridges and John Lithgow's characters um, to, you know, back in the day when they were first, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, earlier on in their careers, uh, which which will ultimately, I guess, lead us to why he's on the run and or or why he's kind of been in hiding for all these years and, and how all that played out. So kind of cool how that weaves together yes and uh i love both of them john lithgow and jeff bridges and then um while on the run chase rents a room from uh zoe mcdonald who's played by amy brenneman um and they start having some chemistry uh between the two of them Mm -hmm. uh so we just watched the first three episodes um i'm enjoying this i almost think they should have called this the geriatric Punisher. (laughs) (laughs) And and I don't mean that in a bad way, but it kind of, I mean, he kicks a major butt, Jeff Bridges. And it kind of reminds me, we just got through watching the Punisher. So it kind of uh, made me think of that. But um, I could see, I can see that. It does have its slow moments, especially in the first episode. Um, But then it also, when it's gripping, it's gripping. I mean, it has you at the edge of the seat. I kind of felt like it kind of reels me in and then kind of reels me back out and reels me in again. It's a, it's a little um, uneven, mm-hmm. uneven with its pacing. And, uh, I, you know, I make sure you're not tired when you're, when you're trying to watch that. Cause there is some, some slow parts with, uh, kind of not a lot of dialogue certain times. So, uh, you know, you have, you have to be ready to watch it, but, uh, overall, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it too. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say that it's, it's like, just blown me away completely no but, but it keeps me coming back for more but I, I i do really like the cast i'm a mm-hmm. huge fan of of both jeff bridges and john lithgow i think that john lithgow is like has there ever been anyone that's a better dramatic serious and comedic actor like really versatile he, yeah he can he just absolutely has always nailed both like he can be dead serious and super silly and it's like he's he's just amazing the guy's a treasure and he i I absolutely love it so i would say uh first three episodes of this uh give it a shot i'm happy that they've got the the second season that it's already been renewed for i'm gonna say like overall so far it's a solid seven for me oh i thought you liked it more than me and i was gonna give it 7.9 okay (laughs) I, I I'm I'm I, I do like it I it's you're always more exact in your in your reviews of things um I I, I think it's above average good uh, and I'm it, I'm oh. just I'm a little bit of a little bit of uh points away just because there are, are slow well, parts for and it. I might have given it the bump because I love the dogs in there okay yeah you, you animals are worth an extra yeah. point, point and a half for you I'm sure so uh yeah so 
7.9 for you, 7 for me. Watch it. It's worth your time. Uh, great cast and um, very compelling. So then uh, what do you want to do next? What do you want to talk about next? Let's say Miss Marvel. We got uh, episode four of Miss Marvel. This is a series that I have absolutely loved from the get-go. Um, just a... It, really really well cast uh love the characters and like such a unique look for the series it's just it's fun to watch uh oh i love it um give give us a rundown of episode four so episode four it's titled seeing red it's 48 minutes long so in this episode kamala visits pakistan to visit with her grandmother and find more answers about her family history and the jinn and uh they've also been having this same vision of the train and stuff like that so basically she's wanting answers um she also meets up with a group who call themselves the red daggers uh, they are a group of warriors who stick to the shadows and protect people from the threats of the unseen so uh, kamala meets with walid who is the leader of the red daggers um and tr- tries to explain more to her um you know about her mm-hmm. connection and um everything like that uh i we there's a lot of action um in this episode yeah, some cool fight scenes and, and the, yeah. again the, the special effects, uh, her, her her powers that she has are, are really translate well into uh, into onto the screen. Uh, just really, really a, a cool vibe to it. Um, I miss Bruno because I love Bruno. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I missed him in this episode. But great overall, I'm giving this a, uh, eight point seven, and then I'll go through some of my episode details. Yeah, eight eight and a half for me. I, I'm still on board with this. I I, I just absolutely love this character and um it's 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 fun i i love it so there is a qr code in this episode it's in the bizarre scene um it's at the vendor who gives kamala the train station directions so the code is actually stuck to the frame of his stall if you scan it it takes you to marvel website for a free digital copy of miss marvel number 12 um, I talked about uh, Waleed, uh, who is the head of the Red Daggers. That's played by Bollywood actor and director Farhan Akhtar, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, so there were some rumors that he was going to be in it. So nice to see that those rumors were true. Um, uh, at the train station, you can also notice a, on the wall, there is a mural of Scott Lang's Ant-Man um, at the train station. So be on the lookout mm-hmm. for that. And then this is kind of funny, but eagle-eyed fans have picked up what could possibly be an editing goof. They say that when Kamala and her mother arrive at the airport in Pakistan and greet their family, it's nighttime. However, it seems like it's just a few moments later after a drive to the family's home and then it's daytime. You know, I think I noticed that when did I watched you? it myself. Yeah, I thought, did I? I I did not notice. I, I thought it was the COVID. I, I don't know. <laughs> you just I, blame I, that on everything. I thought I was having fever dreams or something. I, I'm going to use COVID to my advantage uh, as I recover for the next uh, four to six weeks, I think, even though my symptoms were technically very, very mild. Um, anyway, Miss Marvel, very good. Um you, you said what? An eight point? What, what was your mm-hmm. score? Eight, eight point nine? Eight point seven? Okay. Cool. Um, first two episodes of Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. We got yeah. season two of that that just came out on Hulu, and 
you know how you said that you're worth extra or it's worth extra points in your review for the dogs in in yeah the old man i'm giving this two extra points because i love martin short so much oh my gosh he's so funny he is and the the, the chemistry the, this is the my favorite thing about uh, only murders in the building it the casting, the chemistry, and the and the characters that the cast is playing, is just so well done. And and just, I mean, Steve Martin and Martin Short obviously have the the, the very um, just amazing on screen chemistry together. I mean, those guys have have been friends in, in real life for for many many years or whatever. So. The, the way that they seamlessly bring in a Selena Gomez's character, uh, it's it's just it it's magic on the screen, really. In some way, it's 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 absolutely fantastic. So, give us the little rundown of the first two episodes of of Only Murders. Yeah. So, as you said, the trio are back. However, this time, they have been framed for the murder of Bunny at the Arconia. Who mm-hmm. you remember at the end of this season two that and it almost looked like mabel had done it because I, she had the blood all over I her, tell her you, like, needle going going into um, this going into this episode uh, the beginning of the season it took me a while to like remember back to what actually yeah. happened in they season do do one. a nice so, little recap so, yeah, in nice the recap if, if you don't really remember uh it'll kind of help bring you back up to speed on on where they left off and yeah like you said uh now they're potentially persons murders. of interest yeah. or whatever. So, um, and they're starting their second season of their podcast. Um, it's so funny. It it mm-hmm. it didn't lose a beat of its humor. Um, we see Amy Schumer. Uh, she plays herself and moves into uh, Sting's, Sting's old penthouse apartment. Uh, Shirley MacLaine plays Bunny's mother, mm-hmm. um, and she's cast perfectly. Um, so in this. Tina Ray, uh, Tina Fey is back as the rival podcast that she oh, does, yeah. um, and then Kara Delevingne is in it as well. She plays an artist who uh, is interested in Mabel and is kind of like a new love interest for Mabel as well too. Yep. And I mean, obviously, there's some more questions. There's a mysterious painting that's popped up, and uh, there's a bunny's old foul bird that might just know something about yeah and there's there's um, weird like elevators in the building that like yeah, show like, elevator shows access to to apartments that you know date like i it, the way that they're they're weaving this mystery is like i i have no idea really what's going on but you're just enjoying the ride and what i really love it. about this show is when i watch this and because of the humor of it and what's going i really feel like i'm kind of whisked away into an alternate world when I'm watching this. And it really is kind of like a relaxing. Um, it, it's just. I don't want to check my phone. I don't want to, you know, I, I just am so immersed in this. Yeah, it, it keeps you, it keeps you watching. It keeps mm. you glued to the screen. And I feel like it's been that way since the very beginning. I, I just, I, this, this is a very, I, I loved season one and uh, it, it was so unexpected that that I was going to enjoy this show so much. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, and, and I've been, I, I love the first two episodes uh, of season two. So first two episodes, 9.2, 9.5 for me. Let's get that. Yeah, it gets that Martin shirt bump though mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. Uh, Cause he, like you said, he is just absolutely hilarious. Uh, 
just naturally fun. he can be he can be funny without even really doing anything he just his mannerisms and, that's true <laughs> and, and, like he just, it just gives you good feelings uh watching so yeah that's uh first two episodes make sure you watch it because th- this show's absolutely great um so many great characters and just the quintessential whodunit uh mystery type show but with a lot of funny stuff too uh finally uh, we've got the movie Rise, which uh, is kind of uh, the the telling of the story of uh, NBA uh, player Giannis Antetokounmpo and his family and their humble beginnings as uh, immigrants to Greece from from uh, what their homeland. Uh, where did where were they from? Uh, was it Nigeria? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of shows the. How how that family kind of came from nothing beat all the odds to become uh, who they are today, and uh, I guess I'm take, well, I'm stealing your your synopsis yeah, on it. I'll so read talk the official synopsis here, and then we can discuss. Um, but audiences have never seen a story like that of the Antetokounmpo. Did I say that right? Yeah, Antetokounmpo. <laughs> After emigrating from Nigeria to Greece, Charles and Vera Antetokounmpo struggle to survive and provide for their five children while living under the daily threat of deportation. With their oldest son still in Nigeria with relatives, the couple were desperate to obtain Greek citizenship but found themselves undermined by a system that blocked them at every turn. When they weren't selling items to tourists on the streets of Athens with the rest of the family, the brothers, Ioannis and, is it Thanis? Theonis, I think. Theonis would play basketball with a local youth team. Uh, Latecomers to the spot, they discovered their great abilities on the basketball court and worked hard to become world-class athletes along with brother Kostas. With the help of an agent, Giannis entered the NBA draft in 2013. Um, Last season, Giannis and um, Theonis helped bring the Milwaukee Bucks their first championship ring in 50 years. Um, And Kostas plays for the Lakers, I believe. Um right when I heard about this movie, I thought it was going to be a movie about basketball and yes, basketball is in it, but that is not what the movie is about. It's more about family um, and the sacrifices that uh, these families have to make. And um, it's a truly special movie. And what makes it special is because it's based on a true story. I mean, there's so, I mean, it's inspiring. It's emotional. It's heartbreaking. In the end, it's triumphant. Um, I really enjoyed it. I was really moved by it. Um, I th- I thought that it was a little. I, it, it was it was a. It, first of all, it is it it really is an incredible story of of how that family literally came uh, from the the humblest of beginnings to. I mean, Giannis is easily one of the the best players in the NBA and. Uh, his other brothers uh, making it to the NBA in in and of itself is, is an incredible achievement. Uh, so you know, but like they're good. But I mean, he he is easily one of the best players in the world. Uh, you know, he he he's the 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 cream rises to the top. He he's one of the the th- maybe three best players in the league. Uh, he he's. Uh, he became MVP, like you said. The, he he led his team to the championship last year. Uh, they probably would have, they had a chance to win the championship again this year, but uh, the team had some other injuries that uh, maybe they couldn't overcome. But 
it, it, it's a very very cool story. I thought the movie, you know, the beginning of it kind of felt a little bit slow, and, and it it took a while to get its hooks into me, and and you know, really become something that I was like interested in watching. But I the the second half of the movie really got a lot better. I thought, and it really it, by the end it was just awesome and. Mm-hmm. It really showed. It really portrayed well. Uh, you know, it, what they went through to to become uh, what they did, and I, I really did enjoy that part of it. It, it was really cool, and you know, it, it had you almost on the verge of tears at, at yeah. one point, like seeing uh, you know, because it, it, it includes towards the end of the movie, it includes footage of. Giannis when he when he became MVP and it was after his father had passed away mm-hmm. you know a couple of years before and just and like it, you see in real life his emotions of all that and it made you appreciate the movie more um yeah so it was it was really really well done uh the the, the score was, was really good and, yes. and and i know that i th- that's uh something that you paid particular interest uh, i in actually listened to the score before i watched the movie mm-hmm. um and what's so cool is that the score when you i mean that actually tells a story mm-hmm. um so it was, was kind of neat i know i did it backwards but it was kind of neat to do it backwards and then listen to the movie and then hear that music that i just listened to um there is a soundtrack that you can uh, get digitally right now. Um, it's on Amazon and Spotify. Um, Ray Aluanga, he is the one who composed the music for this. He did such a fantastic job. He had said that this is a love letter to immigrant families across the globe. Um, he did so much research on this. So uh, I got, I did get to interview him. We will be putting an article about on the website soon. But um uh, yeah, it's just a truly terrific special story. It, it is. It really is a cool story because you, th- anyone that is is a top level in this case, we're, we're talking basketball. Anyone that is a is a high level basketball talent, uh, you know, so many of those guys they all work, they all bust their butts uh, to become the players that they are. But like, it is really to become one of the absolute best to become MVP of, of the NBA. Like that story of of where they came from is it's just so like, it does, does not happen. Like it's really just, uh, it's really is, is inspiring. And, you know, if you're a basketball fan and you, you obviously know about, uh, the Ana de Kumpos, uh, because, uh, he, you know, Giannis runs the league. So, uh, it's just, it's, it, it it was inspiring for for sure. So, what would you give uh, the score for for the movie? Uh, I gave it a nine point two. Nine point two. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it an eight and a half. Okay. Uh, the, the the second half, like I said, it, it really see. I'm a I'm the big basketball fan here, yeah. and the the basketball part, like yeah, you, like that that plays uh, you know second fiddle in this uh, in this movie. Like it's. It was the the vessel for which you know they be, they became who they did, but uh, it doesn't really. You don't have to be a basketball fan to enjoy it. It's just inspiring, and that's all that really matters. So yeah, eight, eight and a half there, and nine point two for you. Uh, very good. That's gonna do it for this episode. 
Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. Uh, Be sure to take a moment, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We would totally appreciate that. Be sure to visit us at DisneyPlusInformer.com for all the latest news, rumors, reviews, release schedules, and more. You can email us at podcast at DisneyPlusInformer.com. Follow us on Twitter at MoreDisneyPlus and stop by and visit our Facebook page. We'd love to see you there. Uh, We're going to get out of here. So until next time, see you later. See you later. Bye. Bye.